Welcome to The New Next, a podcast that addresses current events and how they will impact the future. Maybe I haven't heard correctly, but the U.S. rail strike that's going on, I thought I heard something yesterday that said that it was resolved, but maybe you can give a little bit more insight on that. What is resolution, right? The government came in and is basically forcing these people to give up their bargaining rights. From my understanding, the rail workers related to this have zero days of paid sick leave. And their union bosses negotiated one day of paid sick leave. And people were pissed off about it. And they were like, this is outrageous. You think about who owns these railroads. It's some of the most wealthy people in our society mm-hmm. from Gates and Buffett. So you have basically the titans of industry that are very right. connected to the government to have the government take a very hard-handed approach to first off get involved, but then second off break it into two bills where the first bill basically forces them to work. And the second bill was to force the railroads to do paid sick leave. I think the Senate blocked that and that is not going through. I believe the rail workers are forced to work, but are in a worse position than they were before the government got involved. And that position wasn't great to begin with. Biden was supposed to be the big union president. And this is going to be very interesting to see how this plays out politically and what happens going forward with these rail workers. If the rail railroads don't run, the entire economy shuts down. So for instance, a lot of the sand that's used in fracturing operations comes from Wisconsin. Without that sand showing up to run for frack operations, there's only so much local sand that you can use. Mm -hmm. So you would see, you know, the oil and gas industry basically come to a halt in many respects and aerospace, like everything in industry that relies on bulk materials, the United States would come to a stop. It's a big, big thing. But I think that also shows the importance of these workers to our economy too. You asked me a question the other day about how do I feel if I was forced to work or people being forced to work? And I don't know, I guess I see both sides on this. If the companies aren't allowing employees to have basic, I guess I consider time off pretty much a right, not just a privilege, but like if you're, if you're working 40 hours plus, you have to have time off and you pay well, time off. This is sick leave for if they had COVID and stuff. Well, the, even more so then. I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't seem unreasonable. Um, their position. It's funny we, that you brought this up to me because I have a lot of friends who lean very liberal when it comes to oil and gas and stuff like that. And they're like, look at how much these places are price gouging and da, 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 da. And talking to you learned a lot about what is price gouging and then what is 
just a misunderstanding of how the industry works. And so like talking about them not getting hardly any profits in 2020. So 2021 or 2022, the profits go up, but this is a clear thing that nobody's really talking about. I mean, it got mentioned, I think in New York times once this past week, as far as like a bigger placed article and then everything else is, it was buried a little bit lo lower. Had you not mentioned it, I don't know if it would be on my radar hardly at all, but I, I have a hard time if you're going to rail on oil companies and some of these other big businesses that aren't taking care of their employees, then you definitely have to rail on the rail companies <laughs> or rail well, against the rail companies for not providing really kind of basic things. They're going to run better if they have employees that are healthy. Think about this. Think about all the highways in the U.S. if they were owned by 10 private companies. Mm -hmm. And there were basically bridges all across them that required people to raise and lower them. Otherwise, they wouldn't work. If nobody was going to be able to drive to see their family for Christmas and all interstate commerce with trucks was going to stop, if these people didn't figure out some sort of labor relation and, you know, the companies were playing hardball, I'm sure people would be a lot more pissed off. But I think given that it's not in front of our face all the time, yeah, yeah. we just don't really think about this. But this is... Ships and trains are what keep this country going and energy, right? I think, um, you're, I think you're completely right because there's not been an actual shutdown. You know, we haven't felt it as, or maybe there's been a shutdown, but there has, it hasn't been felt. People don't care. It's kind um, of like with nurses at the beginning of COVID. Until it became a problem, it was something that people overlooked. My wife's grandfather was a union boss or union manager or something for Kansas. Sounds very um, nefarious. Union boss. I don't know what they call it. Like the <laughs> union lead or union rep. Yeah. Well, it's like higher than rep, I think. Well, like the but, main person that's in charge. Yeah. Of... Like, I mean, he still, he still worked in the field. So he wasn't one of the ones that was paid by the union. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah. but he was like the person who represent, I guess, so a union rep is correct, but he had like a certain t title or something. Yeah. Um, he was a representative and, of all the people. Um, and my, my father-in-law tells a lot of stories about the various like things that they would go through and some of the other sides of it where, well, my dad was the <laughs> union person. So he got my, my father-in-law got maybe a little more away with some stuff he shouldn't have yeah. in town, but yeah, it's, totally. it's a, um, it's a really interesting kind of thing. I mean, it, it, it probably affects us here in Oklahoma a little bit less than it does in some of the states like Kansas or Iowa, where railroads go through them and really do provide a lot more jobs. I mean, we're like, even the announcing of a railroad strike is a bigger deal than like, again, here, we won't really see it as much until it happens, the effects of it. One of the things I put in the notes that I thought was interesting is the St. Louis streetcar strike of 1900. And that was basically a labor action in St. Louis where the workers were pretty much long hours, low pay, poor working conditions. Workers of all the lines in St. Louis tried to unionize and they fired all the workers and started running all the lines with police. So that went into a full-blown riot where people were killed over a couple months. 200 people were wounded. 
this is just a comparison of history where something happened in the same way workers got together and wanted to support their rights in a totally reasonable way and got shafted like they are right now. And they started basically sabotaging tracks. So cutting cables, lighting bonfires on the tracks, putting boulders and other obstruction cars on the tracks. And, and there was a uprising with the communities where all the communities came in and basically revolted against them too. <laughs> I thought it was interesting because I don't know in 1900 kind of the societal stuff, but I really do feel that we're, we've got this kind of like, um, you see everywhere in society, this kind of revolutionary energy that spawns stuff like Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. I, I do think some of that energy is going to start to be kind of brought into a system to kind of change the system in a traditional way, yeah. not just throw it out. But you really see all throughout society right now, there's, I think, a solidarity with a lot of people getting screwed over that really aren't asking for much and make such a big, important part of our economy. It would be a meaningful impact to quarterly financial statements for public companies if rail strike went through. This would be absolutely devastating. So it's hopefully a good re resolution, but I think it's indicative of a lot of the societal stuff that we're working through right now, finding out mm -hmm. who do we want to be as a global society? What sort of value do we want to have for people? Like right. how important is the collective? How important is the individual? I really see that as a general theme in most of the discussions that we have that are societal based from politics to finance to geopolitics, individualism versus collectivism are bumping heads. And as thing goes to crap, they both are getting more solidified in their polarities. And then a lot of people are in the middle and are like, well, I see where both of you are coming from. You know, this is whole democracy and societal regulation is a very messy thing. How do we come to some sort of path forward on this chaotic time in our history? Yeah, we'll definitely have to come back to this and see how things look maybe a month or so from now on this area. If you'd like to learn more about the New Next Podcast, find us at thenewnextpodcast.com, where you can suggest a topic you would like for us to cover. If you enjoyed what you heard, share the podcast, tell a friend about it, or rate us with five stars. 